0: Lawrence, we're about to be joined by a guest, a new friend of the show. This is called Saturday Afternoon Fever in which uh, we talk about our sporting failures, the denial of our dreams, and also the shit suburban attractions that our parents had to drag us along to during school holidays. When no one could afford to go to the real Disneyland, we tried to create our own. And no greater
1: authority on shit suburban attractions uh, from The Late Show and throughout his career. Tony Martin has been uh, an absolute expert on this. A doyen, if you will. And we welcome him to Saturday Afternoon Fever. Tony Martin, good afternoon. Oh.
2: Good afternoon, gents. Yes, I was the voice of uh, Piss Week World on the late show, so...
1: Yes, Piss Week World. (laughs) I was trying to think of your segment. Uh, You took us to Gumbaya Park. Yes. Uh, you took us to Wobby's World, you took us to all the great attractions. What was your favourite of Piss Week World?
2: Well, I remember uh, there was a lot of, I think we did Ye oldie Piss Week World at one point. <laughs> yes. But there was, they were all based on, yeah, there were late night ads for Wobby's World and what was the place where you went to it and it had a submarine? That was uh, Caribbean Gardens. And you sat in it. And, yeah, you sat in it and the windows felt like the portholes were like double glazed so you could have so water would rise in in the portholes but you I
0: thought it was literally a bloke outside running a hose over the top of it
2: <laughs> yeah but I remember you going okay so the water's rising cuz we're we're sinking into the water, but why is that tree over there still (laughs) Still at the same position?
0: And the visible aviary with, like, the unwell cockatoo (laughs) enclosure as its focal point.
2: Yeah, it's a similar kind of arrangement to the Titanic theatre restaurant in... um, Williamstown, where the bloke has a scissor lift with the Statue of Liberty on it, I've been. so that I assume at night time you can't see the background, so that the illusion is that the entire theatre restaurant is sinking into the ocean in view of the Statue of Liberty, just like the real Titanic did. <laughs> <laughs> He, uh,
1: I, I used to work on postcards yes. for the Nine Network, which is a state-based tourist show, and so of course I did serious takes on all the things that you took a right. piss out of, and I did the Titanic, and it was run by this Hungarian guy, and he would say, "Come to the Titanic Theatre Restaurant every
2: night is a disaster." <laughs> well, I had an amazing <laughs> bit. You probably had this as well, because my friend Pete Smith is friends with that bloke, so he took me over to the titanic at like 10 o'clock on a monday morning and the bloke did the whole thing like he just on his own did the whole show so that we could see (laughs) you know the dump tanks because you know isn't it that you're up no you're in steerage and the sort of ground is like a grill and so there's water whooshing underneath you like massive amounts of water that's right and then some pipes
1: fall down, and steam shoots out the pipes. And
2: he's like a real Titanic buff, and I remember he had he'd purchased all of the cutlery and plates from the Titanic movie uh, when they went to auction at Fox Studios, so that and they were based like exactly on the original Titanic. So I always remember he. We're standing upstairs, it's ten o'clock on a Monday morning, and he's standing there saying to me and Pete, "This is the most authentic." authentic Titanic experience. And while he's saying that to me, he's wearing a life raft (laughs) that's normally worn by three waiters, like, round their waist. So there's, like, Fred Flintstone style, their legs come out the bottom so they can paddle their way across the restaurant
0: but he's just wearing it on his own. <laughs> it used to be nowadays the rich man's folly is, you know, going into outer space as we've seen Jeffrey Bezos and and Elon Musk attend. But the rich man's folly used to be local attractions that were terrible for tourists. And, you know, and it, you mentioned the Caribbean Gardens with the submarine. That's true. Uh, the Caribbean Gardens also had a jungle cruise. They had various fiberglass oh. elephants and kangaroos, and it was a mixture of animals that you'd never, ever otherwise see in the same yeah. environment, in the same habitat. But he didn't care. And for, for, what was it, $2.50, you got to go on a world tour of these fiberglass, sun-drenched, sort of sun-damaged natives, so to speak. Oh, shit, Wow,
2: and are we going to do? We, this is. Are we staying to Melbourne, or are we including uh, cryle Castle in Ballarat? Please go go oh, for it.
1: No, we can go cryle Castle. I. I... Of all the ones that you have mentioned and studied, Tony, that's a place that I never went, and I always longed to go there, and my parents were like, one day we'll go to cryle Castle. It's still there and it's still operating. If you want to tell the fans of Saturday Afternoon Fever exactly what it well, is. it's
2: a giant medieval castle. that has been constructed, you know, at some expense by a man whose name is Keith Ryle, which is why it's called (laughs) Krile. And I never went there in its sort of heyday, but then I think there was a brief kind of flurry of interest a few years ago when Game of Thrones was really big, and you could go there and stay there. It's also a motel, so you can sort of stay in the dungeons, and we went there in the middle of the day, and we got there just, I remember someone going, oh, you've missed the jousting show by half an hour. So it had all finished, and I just remember seeing the first thing I saw was an actor in full medieval gear on a mobile phone walking around like just screaming at someone furiously and I, I liked. I remember thinking, I wonder if that's his agent? He's like, Mate, I thought you could get me Sovereign Hill. What am I doing here?
1: <laughs> they did the full jousting and then they used to drag people out and and flog them as well. Bucks and wenches are plenty. <laughs> <laughs>
0: When I was 10 years old, I was plucked from the crowd to participate in a public hanging. I was so excited because basically I got to pull the rope or the lever and the floor fell from underneath the guy that had the rope around his neck and I officially played hangman and got a certificate to prove it that's still in my mum's kitchen. Well, there's so much to
2: see. And, and I remember we were just wandering around and we went down to the sort of, you know, the dungeon with the, you know, the torture chamber and it was just like, it was hilarious because it was all, Medieval, but then he just like he was like storing sort of office equipment down there, so they'd be like, you go, Why oh. is that photocopying machine in the dungeon? <laughs> <laughs> the, the best thing, the very best thing in all of Cryl Castle was this notice board downstairs where he'd laminated all of these articles from the local paper detailing what? his ongoing battles with the council over planning permission what I also remember about going there, this was maybe 10 or 12 years ago. There was a poster up for next weekend, uh in excess, we're going to be playing. No, no. Way. Presumably, was like JD Fortune, <laughs> and we were just. I think I remember it was the early days of Twitter, and I had this like a big success on Twitter with a hashtag In excess at Cryle, <laughs> and it was just people imagining what that show would be like. Would they would they be in the medieval gear themselves? Could you come out in the medieval gear and do new sensations
0: <laughs> in chainmail or? Something. Of armour,
2: people were (laughs) suggesting what songs would be doing, like "Never Cleave Us in Twain." (laughs) 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 Dear, dear.
1: (laughs) Just a little bit down the Western Highway to Chilli Ballarat, another theme park, if you will, or historical village. The famous Sovereign Hill. Now, Sovereign Hill really did excel. It was ahead of its time in terms of, you know, uh, a theme park for us set in the gold rush of the 1850s.
2: Now, I never went to to Sovereign Hill, but I did. Obviously, I did uh, a lot of the voices for the olden days, which was a a thing we did on The Late Show where we revoiced Rush. And uh, I don't know for a fact, but would it be possible that Rush, this Gold Rush series, was maybe filmed at Sovereign Hill? Well,
1: I think that Rush was all about the Gold Rush. And I think, you know, the culmination of one of the episodes was uh, Eureka. Oh, uh, the, right. the Eureka Stockade, which was a, a, a short battle between uh, the miners and the English that is really seen as the, the birth of democracy in Australia. But Sovereign Hill, it had a, a a fake creek going through it. I think the water was reticulated and sent around so kids could pan for, for gold. Yes. And uh, you'd have to go and buy a, a miner's right or a miner's permit, and then the the troopers would come down and check your permit. And uh, if you didn't have one, they'd throw you in the stocks. The stocks. All sudden, it's all about the stocks, isn't it? It's all about it's, – it's basic low-level yes. bondage for children, isn't it?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think they,
1: you know, have some flakes sent down the creek so at least you got something and then you could put it in a bottle. They had a blacksmith shop so you could go away with a horseshoe. So you got arrested, you got a horseshoe, you got to pan for gold. Olden days, get back in the car, we're going for ice creams. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly, <laughs> Or if you're lucky, you might even go to one of the suburban themed restaurants, which is what we'll kind of r- oh. wrap this up with. My, my family took us to Dirty Dicks, which I thought was ina- yes. inappropriate for children, but that was uh, <laughs> almost like buxom wenches with a piece of corn between their teeth and a Squealing piglet under their arm, uh, yeah. and big uh, like rough-hewn slabs of oak for tables and gigantic beer steins. They were trying to recreate what kind of bacchanalian environment?
2: Yeah, and the catchphrase was "all hail the beef" as the sort of animal was <laughs> brought in yes. on a you know spit. But I, we had dirty dicks in New Zealand, so it must have been an international franchise. But I do remember when I went there. I'm, I'm assuming this was normal. It, there was no cutlery. You would, you would just eat them. <laughs> <laughs> you'd be eating a steak with your hands because that's what it was like in the olden days.
1: <laughs> we uh there was another one in Melbourne called Bunratty Castle that kind of was a a bit of a rip off of Dirty Dicks yes. and it had the same it had the same kind of thing. Bucks and wenches, blokes wearing sacks and rope just you know drinking from tankards. But you get a dagger, you could eat with a dagger and then uh lo and behold, <laughs> at some stage during the night, someone will be dragged off a bench across the room and put in a jail. And then they had to get up on stage and tell a joke. And it's like, okay, here we go, oh, low-level bondage again. That's what the theatre <laughs> restaurant is. It, must have, and been, there was, it yeah. must have been
0: what we wanted.
1: There was another one in King Street called um, – oh. Tiki no, and John? No. no. no, no, oh. no they, they, Tiki and John had Draculas. It was uh, one based on a mental asylum or with...
2: Oh, yes. People with lobotomy scars. Yes, the asylum. Because I always remember, when I moved to Melbourne, there were 32 of these. And I think we're now down to just the Titanic and uh, Witches and Bridges. The loony bin. But the one you're talking about might have... Uh, the
0: loony bin! <laughs> <That's-> <laughs>
2: They can that now.
0: You not have to be crazy to work there, but it helps. Yeah. <laughs>
2: well, I remember there was oh. two of them. Because, yeah, there was the Looney bin. And then there was, there was one called uh, Alcatraz. <laughs> and then there was another one called The Dungeon. And they sued each other over the rights. Because both of their TV ads ended with the phrase, come and get locked in for the night. And it ended up in court, and you go, "This is the most piss court case I've ever oh, heard of." Yeah.
1: <laughs> the waiting staff were crossed with uh, mental patients, zombies, and people who had lobotomies. So there was a bit of dragging your back foot, uh, some scar work, some tongue in lower lip gear, and uh, you know, do you want a beer? It's like, why is this something I want to pay for?
0: <laughs> That's right. The peace to resistance. Who's he play for? Hey! The piece de resistance, Tony, for me was the cuckoo in the Dandenongs.
2: Well, the cuckoo, I think, was the first... uh... I only know about this because I wrote and directed an episode of... um... Of upper middle bogan that was set at Smorgies, and, and, <laughs> right? And, and we had to recreate a Smorgies, you know, in a in a rest. And no one would let us film it because the name of the show was Upper Middle Bogan, and they just went, "We don't want our right. you know establishment associated with the word bogan." So in the end, it was really tough finding a location. Like no one would let us film there, and so we recreated a Smorgies in a pub in uh, I think in Keylor. And because it had blue stone walls, we went, oh, this isn't what smorgies look like. So we adopted the look of the cuckoo, which was, you know, Liederhausen and, you know, Chevy Chase in European Vacation, doing Avarian. the slacking dance, that kind of look. <laughs> And we and I remember we so we did a bit of research and I think the cuckoo was the first smorgasbord in in, in Australia or maybe in Victoria one of those yeah it, it was very famous you know it
1: was a place where your parents would go you know for a big night out or the merrill ball or whatever and again on postcards I did the full. Exposé on the cuckoo. And, yeah, big smorgasbord, of course. You know, smorgasbord or any of those, all you can eat is gone because of COVID. Yes. Completely shut down because uh, of the sanitary nature of it. Built on a Bavarian style, uh, both inside and out. Uh, famously, the guy who originally owned the cuckoo, uh, and this is true crime, disappeared.
2: That's right, yes.
1: Yes, he was kidnapped and never found.
2: Wow. And I'd like to think it was this footage comes to light, and it's like two people dressed as werewolves from Witches in
0: Britain <laughs> <laughs> running off <at> him. <laughs> was named the cuckoo because it replicated a cuckoo clock. Right. Yes, uh, that's right. And they they also used to have that yodeling show where they'd tinkle bells and they'd give audience members or clientele a different bell each that would have a different tone to it and they'd point to you at different times yeah. when it was your part little, of the melody the to, little cowbells. bells. Yeah, to rattle your bell. And uh, that was in the midst of the yodeling show. That was their that was their big the big closing piece the punchline for my
1: uh, show on or my piece on postcards was i go through the whole thing interview the chef interview the owner talk about the the floor show and they get to the end where they're doing the ding 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 and they are panning across Everyone's in Lederhausen. and there i am in Lederhausen with the smallest of bells and i go and that's all we got time for as if as if to say
2: I've got a
0: small penis. Oh, and
2: that's still <laughs> the closer of your show reel. This day,
0: mate, you're a legend. We thank you oh, for your time.
2: You. Wow, what a trip down all you can eat memory lane that was! <laughs> oh, what a treat! Uh, before we go, Tony Martin, yes, any
1: interest in AFL football whatsoever?
2: I don't understand anything about it. Um, <laughs> and I, for the last for six years now, I've done a radio show with Jonathan Brown, and and he just stares at me like an alien. You know, it's <laughs> well, like how do you not know anything yep. about football? Especially since Jonathan discovered that as a child, I lived. Our next door neighbour was the most famous All Black of all time. And Man called Colin Pine Tree Meads, and he was. Although we lived wow. in the country, so next door was like a mile and a half away. But technically, it's like living next to who's like uh, Gary Ablett or someone. It would be like having yep. him as your neighbour.
1: And so, yeah, you know, some people are just sports illiterate and it doesn't make any sense like you know i don't i don't know how to play the grand piano I, it's like
2: i look, if i try and watch anything to do with sports it's like i'm listening to something in german i just don't understand anything about it it's very strange right. it's like a it's like a blind spot of, of some kind you've got you've got a uh... You're a
1: victim, first of all, and you've got an undiagnosed illness that they <laughs> exactly. have. not
2: But also, I, because of growing up in New Zealand in the 70s, it was compulsory to play rugby. And, you know, you would inevitably be playing against other 10-year-olds from like Samoa, Tonga and large Maori guys who are like... <laughs> just enormous at the age of nine. Pine trees. Um, and I don't know if you remember that scene in um, Monty Python's Meaning of Life where it's a rugby game between the students and the masters. It's incredibly violent. Yes. Where they just being stomped on. <laughs> that's exactly what playing rugby was like for me, just being stomped on by huge guys.
1: Well, that's where it all started, think, your aversion yes. to sport. But thank- thankfully, you've... Uh... You've channeled your your talents into comedy and art, and uh, we thank you for being a part of the show today. Thanks,
2: guys. I feel like I've contributed nothing to the sporting section, I'm afraid. Sorry. No. <laughs> Neither have we. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: We're all nostalgia. Nice work. Thank you very much, Tony Martin. What an absolute pleasure, Matt. If you haven't checked out Tony Martin's Sizzle Town, it is an amazing podcast about radio it's and the radio Sizzle industry. And, uh, it is, is
0: top-line comedy, and, and I highly genius. recommend it. It's the world's only late-night Talkback podcast, which is funny because that's not possible.
1: I'm sure that all the fans of Get This that Tony Martin previously created with Ed Cavalli will all be across it. Why wouldn't you? In fact, I'll put my mask on and say... Get into Sizzle Town. (laughs) Fantastic. Why am I doing that like Shane Bourne? Fantastic. I love Sizzle Town. You know, I'd love to call into Sizzle Town.
0: Some of the greatest vocal gymnastics you'll ever hear. And uh, Mm. mega laughs, a mega unique concept, and it's amazing. Check out Tony Martin's Sizzle Town.
1: Okay. (laughs) Well, I've got Maury here, uh, the great Maury Fields from beyond the grave, and uh, I'll tell you a ripper. Uh, Children's joke. Uh, So here we go. Why?
0: <laughs> That's enough. That's enough for me already. Now,
1: hold on. <laughs> why? Why, Matthew, are dogs' noses cold? <laughs> I don't know why are dogs' noses cold. So... They don't burn other dogs' bums. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that a fantastic <laughs> joke? It
0: is a fantastic joke.
1: Well, good on you, and uh, Total pip. Here we go, thrill seekers. Well, I think
0: he, Adios. I think he channelled the former Prime Minister there for a moment, didn't he? When I said toodle pip. Good on you. Well, somebody, Ky- whatever. Kayak.
1: Ky- Ky- good on you. You know, I've always enjoyed the comedy stylings of Shane Bourne. Uh, in fact, I, I always thought when Matt Damon came out here to uh, promote the Bourne legacy, well, it's got nothing to do with Shane Bourne. <laughs> yeah, you have got the accent down, Matt. <laughs> Thank you. A little joke there. All right, good on your banner. Okay, that'll do us, Lawrence Mooney, for today. I am having a ball, so uh, please join us on the next episode and tell your friends. Bring some friends along. Thanks for joining us. Okay, if you haven't given us a rate and review, now's the time. We're counting on you.